Welcome to the Gary Baumgarten Report, the podcast where newsmakers and other interesting people are actually given a chance to express their point of view. Any opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Gary's employer or sponsors or anyone else for that matter. They can form their own opinions. And just because Gary interviews someone or raises a topic doesn't mean he's making an endorsement. And finally, Gary will never tell you who to vote for because he's not qualified to make your mind up for you. So now, without further ado, here's Gary Baumgarten. Well, thank you, Zach Hartman. Folks, we all know that we are under stressful economic times. Some of us are fortunate enough to continue to enjoy stable employment and a stable paycheck. But a lot of people who have never in their adult lives been in financial stress or duress now face real problems balancing their budgets. And so I thought it might be helpful to everyone If I brought in a consumer debt and financial behavior expert, Michael Micheletti has nearly 15 years of experience in consumer finance. He has expertise in consumer debt, financial behavior, and financial stress, and can be found at freedomfinancialnetwork.com. Michael Micheletti, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Gary. Are you seeing what I just suggested, that a lot of people who previously never had problems balancing their budget are having difficulty meeting their bills? Yeah, it's an astute observation, Gary. I mean, what we're really seeing is probably three layers of of the consumer today. You have the haves, meaning folks that have employment, right? They really have had no issues managing COVID and the recession concurrently because they have a job right now. Then there are folks that may have lost a little bit of cash flow in the house. Maybe the spouse lost a part of their job, maybe they lost one of their jobs. And so they've had their sort of income constraint. And then of course you have the folks that are just straight unemployed, right? So let's start with the folks that I think have had cash flow or household income impact and how they are managing this situation. Early in the pandemic, early in the recession, we saw the unemployment benefits really help out. We saw the stimulus check really help out. But what we're seeing right now, Gary, is those funds have evaporated. The higher than normal personal saving rates are kind of ticking back to where they typically were before the pandemic started. And we're seeing a huge reduction in overall retail or consumer spending as people try to stay afloat during these times. Those folks are the ones that are going to have the greatest issues managing the situation moving forward, right? Because they have enough income to pay their bills, and I'm using air quotes for your listeners right now, but long-term, will they be able to manage once the forbearance programs term out, so any of the hardship programs coming from lenders, so if you have a mortgage, your student loans, we can get into that in a moment, but once those programs term out next year, where are those people going to be if the economy does not recover and their household income does not return to where it was pre-pandemic? And I think you mentioned next year, one of the other issues that is going to be a big explosion in this area, when the landlords are allowed to go to court and start evicting people. Yeah, I think there's there's really two things that we're looking at at Freedom Financial Network right now. One is the student loan forbearance ending at the end of 2020 and also the eviction moratorium. Now that is a little bit more problematic because it is somewhat done at the specific geo level. So there's geo volatility there, as well as some of the federal programs, some of the stuff coming from the CDC. So there's a lot of 
moving parts, if you will, Gary, on the eviction side of things. Let's start with the student loan stuff first, and then we'll move into the into the rent and the eviction side of things there. The student loan for almost 44 million Americans out there, you got automatic forbearance. What you need to know is that's going to get turned on. Those automatic payments are going to return January 1, as we're having this conversation right now. Certainly things could change as the administration switches over, but right now as we're having this conversation, you as a consumer, if you have student loan debt, you need to start preparing for the fact that those particular automatic payments are going to start up again. Make sure to take note of that. For the folks that perhaps have issues with their housing situation, specifically when it comes to rent, there are a ton of local and state programs where you live, but they are slow in process, meaning you're going to have to make phone calls, send a bunch of emails to get the help that you need to be able to manage whatever is going to happen when the moratoriums end in early 2021. This has got to have a ripple effect. You look at the landlords, for example, they're kind of caught in a squeeze. On the one hand, they're not enjoying their income. So you can empathize with them wanting to get some money flowing back into their coffers. On the other hand, their tenants don't have the money to give them. I think a lot of people feel like there's no way out of all of this. It's a really good observation, right? So who is going to be disproportionately impacted by the lack of rent? It's your sort of mom and pop situations where maybe you have an apartment complex, three or four units, one or two houses, some things like that. And you're depending on that income to live your life, right? That is your source of income. It could be supplemental income to social security or pension of some kind those folks are going to be disproportionately impacted. The sort of institutional investors, the large landlords, they have ways to be able to manage the situation a lot more effectively than the, say, the mom and pop landlords in the country right now. And then conversely, right, it's if you have had a significant household reduction, cash reduction, and you're having to pick and choose, and this is what's happening for those folks that have had the household cash reduction, you're having to pick and choose between paying utilities, putting food on the table, your groceries, these kind of essential services, essential products and services from a consumer point of view that you need to live. And when you look at that, the rent, if you were given some flexibility, that does give you the opportunity to put food on the table and do these kind of things. When that ends, that pressure is going to ratchet up. You can almost see this as well, even in the traditional mortgage space, for even those folks that have entered either a Fannie or Freddie program or a GSE style program, Gary, when those people are termed out and there are millions of people within those forbearance programs right now, what are they going to do unless the household income returns to pre-COVID levels? So let's circle back to the everyday person in the United States who proudly has managed their budget all their life and may never been in this kind of a position before. For people who have been in financial distress all their life, this probably comes as no added stress on them. But for those individuals who never have faced this, this has got to be a big slam on their psychological makeup that suddenly they have to struggle. So they come to you or somebody like you and say, Michael, 
I can't pay my bills for the first time in my life. What do I do? What's the first thing you tell them? I think it's a really good observation in two ways. For the folks that were in financial distress before COVID hit and the recession happened, they are probably better off than when they were before. And I'm going to tell you why. Because of the myriad of programs that popped up because of it to keep the economy afloat. Those folks are going to be better off. For the folks that are experiencing this for the very first time, there is a whole swath of consumers in the United States that don't know about how to call their creditors or their lenders and and ask for assistance and know that that opportunity is there for them to make that call. They have been sort of conditioned over time. It's like, I need to pay my bills. I need to do this at this date, this time, and I can but they've never been put in the situation and they were all thrown in this concurrently to go, okay, well, what are you going to do? You got to reach out. You have to make those proactive conversations with your mortgage provider, your auto loan provider, your credit card providers as well. And if you cannot get the necessary relief in those conversations, then you know that there are still other opportunities, other tools, financial tools for you to utilize. Now, depending on the severity of your financial distress, you could look at something like credit counseling or debt management, debt settlement, or in extreme cases, bankruptcy. And I think as we all move through this process, I think it is very important for everyday Americans, people like you and me to just say, hey, we didn't do anything wrong. And this is the psychological component to this. We didn't do anything wrong. This is the first time in about 100 years that we've had a recession and a pandemic running concurrently with each other. If those two things didn't happen, I would be fine. I would be okay. This does not necessarily the burden fall on the consumers for them to take 100% of the blame on this. They just need to know if you want to ride this out, take stock of all the hardship programs that the lenders and the creditors are offering you. If those don't provide enough financial relief for you, you're going to have to get more aggressive. You're going to have to go talk to a credit counselor, consider debt settlement, or heaven forbid, look at something like bankruptcy. So looking forward, Michael, if you could kind of look into your crystal ball, will people and should people view debt differently in the future? In other words, should we be cautious about going into debt? Should we not use our credit card and allow that to be anything other than a convenience? Should we be paying off that credit card every month 100%? Should we basically not take out loans, small loans as we go along? I understand you can't get into housing sometimes without a mortgage. Most people can't. And you can't buy a car without a lease or some kind of a loan. But other than those big ticket items, should we really be more aggressively managing our daily debt? I think you're already seeing this happen. You have seen retail spending drop off a cliff. It's it's kind of rebounded in the last couple of months, but during the majority of the summer and the early parts, we've seen a huge retraction in the amount of money people are spending. And at the same time, people paying down those debt burdens at historic level. We've never seen a quarter over quarter over quarter reduction in consumer debt like we've seen in 2020, since the Fed has been tracking these kind of numbers. So I think in the spirit of what you're asking, 
would the individual change their behavior enough moving forward to say, do I really need that? Do I need to have an extension of credit to purchase something? And I think we will. I think the scarring on this particular episode, recession, pandemic, is going to live with us for a very long time. And we're going to ask tough choices of ourselves to say, hey, do I really need that? I mean, you're going to see it in the retail numbers going into the holiday season. People just don't have the money. They're not going to pay cash and they're certainly not going to put it on a credit card. And I think that behavior is going, it's going to stick. And that will help the individual consumer to pay down their debt and perhaps not have to take a larger mortgage loan or a larger auto loan moving forward because you have more cash on hand to pay for those bigger ticket items. Now, conversely, there is a situation with that. As we reduce the amount of, that we spend either in cash or on credit, that's going to slow down the economic recovery. So there has to be some sort of balance. If we want jobs to come back in the way that we want them to, that does require a bit of consumer spending to get us to that point. Michael Micheletti, I appreciate this. And folks, again, if you want to reach Michael, you can go to his website, freedomfinancialnetwork.com. Really great information for a lot of the listeners, I think. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gary.